What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian MMA Podcast. I am your host, and my name is John. And this week, we are going to be analyzing and predicting the UFC South Korea car going down this Saturday morning with the first fights on ESPN Plus starting at 2 a.m. Eastern Time, which the prelims will feature seven fights, and the main card starting at 5 a.m. Eastern Time with six fights. So there will be 13 fights in total going down from Busan, South Korea this Saturday morning. Mistakenly, last week on the podcast, I said that UFC 245 was the last UFC card of the year, but I must have just forgot about this Busan card. It's right before Christmas. They snuck one last card into the 2019 calendar year, and we are going to analyze and predict all 13 of these fights right now. So we are going to start things off in the Bantamweight division where we have Haley Alatang, who is 13-7-1, taking on Ryan Benoit, who is 10-5. The opening betting line for this one was Benoit minus 160, Alatang plus 130. Right now we are seeing Benoit minus 120, Alatang plus 100. So line margins tightening up, a little more action coming in on Alatang, but there's definitely two-way action coming in on this fight, and rightfully so. Really close fight to start the card off. I think this is... Uh, a deserving of a pick'em price, but I'm actually going to slightly lean with Ryan Benoit because I just think he has a little more success in the UFC. I mean, I'm not totally basing this on their records, but you can immediately see Alatang has only one UFC fight. It was a nice decision victory over uh, Batagrill a few months back, but Benoit, I think, has fought a better competition. He got he has had some trouble in his UFC career. He lost some fights. He got taken down a lot by not really the best wrestlers either. So it's going to be interesting to see how his takedown defense holds up here. Alatang, I believe, uh, is like a, nas- a national Chinese wrestling champion or something like that. He definitely has some pretty good takedown ability um, for an Asian-based fighter. And he's got some power in his right hand. His right hand was looking good versus Batagrill. He kind of took round two off, didn't lost the round. Round. Then was having a close round three with Body Girl and was able to hit takedowns and stand top to end the round and win the decision. So he might try to do that here. He might try to exploit that takedown defense of Benoit. But I think with Benoit being off for the past two years, I think we're going to see him looking a lot better. While we saw Alatang a few months ago, and although he looked pretty decent, I think we know what we're getting from Alatang. While we could be in uh, in for a massive improvement for Benoit, and I mean Benoit's last fight even wasn't the greatest performance for him. From him, he was t- uh, taking on Ashkan Makatarian, and he might have been losing the first two rounds of that fight. He just wasn't really active enough in the striking, and was getting uh, you know outstruck at range while Makatarian was just circling around the cage. But he was timing that head kick the entire fight. Eventually, landed that head kick in the third round and knocked Makatarian out. So. He was losing the fight up until then, but he did pull off the victory. So Benoit's a crafty striker. I think he's got some slick grappling as well. Uh, he's an uh, American high school wrestling champion. He's been training at, at Danaher's lately. So uh, I think I'm slightly leaning with Benoit in this one. I think that he's the more trusted fighter uh, of the two, and I think that we might see some pretty big improvements uh, off of his two-year layoff here. So the pick is going to be Benoit to get this one done by decision and have not bet him yet, but we'll, but the price is holding pretty steady on minus 120, so I'll probably end up on Benoit around that price. I would cap him around minus 150. So 
Moving on to the next fight is in the women's flyweight division. We have Amanda Lemos, who is 6-1-1, taking on Miranda Granger, who is 7-0. The opening betting line for this one was Granger, the favorite, at minus 350 to Lemos, plus 250. Right now, we are seeing Granger, minus 185 to Lemos, plus 160. So huge favorite for Granger in this one which is kind of surprising honestly I think Lemos was originally supposed to take on um, Veronica Macedo on this card but Granger is actually the one coming in on short notice and she's the minus 350 favorite so I think whoever opened that line was dead wrong that was way way too in favor of Granger and I think even where the line is at now is still a little bit heavily in favor of Granger I think Granger is the better technical fighter of the two by a pretty wide margin but I mean if you look at Lemos's last fight she came out throwing bombs versus Leslie Smith. She was she gassed out really hard in that fight, and it's because she doesn't know how to not throw 100% into all of her strikes. Like she just throws full power, and that's why she gasses out so quick. But I mean, she was throwing some some hard strikes at Leslie Smith. Leslie, uh, a tough 135er at the time, was able to absorb those strikes. Uh, I think that fight was at bantamweight. Could be wrong about that though. And uh, Leslie was able to weather the storm, then take down Lemos, uh, start butchering her in the second round and eventually TKO'd her so I mean Granger is the, like, the more technical no doubt but I mean is she going to have that toughness to absorb those power strikes from Lemos early and to tire Lemos out or maybe Lemos will come in here looking vastly improved she is coming off a two year layoff due to a USADA suspension uh, she tested positive for like stands and all or something like that so uh, you, you, you never know what that means when a fighter is coming off that suspension they might look completely different than they did before so she might have lost her power she might have better cardio now so you really don't know what you're getting from Lemos coming off that two-year layoff similar to the last matchup while we've seen Granger fight a few months ago and she looked she looked good but she didn't blow uh, Goldie out of the water I mean she won that fight she was the more technical fighter but her volume wasn't the greatest and I think rounds two and three of that fight were pretty close so even though I give the technical edge to Granger and think she should win this fight I, I think the clinch will be the biggest area of this fight because I saw in Lemos's fight against Smith her clinch game was really bad she got ate up with knees and elbows by Leslie Smith that entire fight and I think Granger's clinch looked very good versus Goldie as well so we could be in to see Granger uh, take this fight to the clinch and just uh, outstrike Lemos tire her out but when this one is at range it, it will be interesting and the exchanges could even be going Lemos's way so uh, I'm picking Granger to win this one by decision possibly even a, a late finish if Lemos gasses out like before but at the current price, I think that it's dogger pass. I mean, there's just too much, too many variables going on with Lemos coming off that long layoff. She could look tremendously improved. And with Granger coming in here, a short notice, uh, taking a fight uh, halfway across the world, a lot of factors going into this one. So the pick is Granger by decision, but it's dogger pass in the betting line. The next fight takes place in the Bantamweight division. We have Saeed Nurmagomedov, who is 13-1, taking on Hayoni Barcelos, who is 14-1. The opening betting line for this one was Nurmagomedov, the minus-165 favorite, to Barcelos, plus-135. Right now, we are seeing a near pick at Barcelos, the slight favorite, minus-115, Nurmagomedov, minus-105. So... Nurmagomedov actually opened a pretty decent favorite over Barcelos in this one. I mean, congrats to everyone who came in on Barcelos early. That was certainly the better line. And I think that, honestly, the bet will probably cash. I mean, this is such a high-level matchup, first of all. Let me say that. 
As far as uh, matchups on the prelims go, I mean, this is almost as high a level as you get. 13-1 versus 14-1, Russia versus Brazil, two high-level uh, fighters, you know, with really good backgrounds, honestly. Uh, I think Nurmagomedov comes from uh, a Sambo, and he's got really good striking. And Barcelos has great boxing, and I think he's a jiu-jitsu black belt as well. So, I mean, we're doing, dealing with two lifetime martial artists who are colliding in the cage or, uh, in this on these prelims. And it's a hard fight to predict. That's why I really included that little that little sentiment about how good these two are i think it's a hard fight to predict and and out of all 13 fights on the cards i think this is the one i'm least confident about because i'm slightly leaning barcelos's way i think that he has the more powerful striking of the two by a pretty decent margin i mean his the power in his hands is no joke he used to fight at featherweight he knocked out featherweights he finished all of his fights at bantamweight too so Barcelos's finishing ability is really good. Nurmagomedov has had a bit of an interesting uh, career in his UFC tenure so far. Had his first fight versus Justin Scoggins in 2018 and really struggled that fight. I mean, he wasn't able to take down Scoggins early. Scoggins was, Scoggins was scrambling out of the, the takedown attempts. And, and even on the feet, Nurmagomedov had real trouble getting to Scoggins. Scoggins was counterpunching him and moving backwards and evading Nurmagomedov. But then the next fight for, uh, of Saeed Nurmagomedov, he took on Ricardo Ramos, a much better fighter than uh, Scoggins, and Nurmagomedov looks so improved. I mean, he was fainting like crazy. He had some really sharp feints. He was setting up Ramos from the minute the fight started. He was landing his spinning back kicks, and he eventually TKO'd Ramos with that spinning back kick in round one. So, he looked massively improved from those two fights. I don't know. He must have really taken it seriously in between those two fights, realized what he did wrong, and, and corrected those mistakes. So, I was really pleased to see that from Nurmagomedov made off and Barcelos, his last fight was against uh, Quiros, uh, Joachim Quiros, not really the highest level opponent. He dominated him as a minus 1,000 favorite, but before that, he handled Chris Gutierrez very well. He knocked out Kurt Holowak, some pretty decent fighters, so I think Bar Barcelos has had the better uh, UFC success of the two. I think he's a little bit more dangerous in the boxing realm, and I think Nurmagomedov won't be able to take down on hold down Barcelos, so the fight will likely be contested at, at, at striking range, where I just think that Barcelos Barcelos will be slightly more dangerous and will be landing the harder, cleaner shots of the two. But if Nurmagomedov comes in with the right game plan, he's sticking and moving, he's using his kicks, he's throwing a lot of uh, long kicks with his long legs and using his reach, he could very well win this fight by just outstriking Barcelos at, at range. So it's going to be a hell of a fight. I slightly lean Barcelos' way. Uh, I would have bet Barcelos at that plus money, but honestly, as a pick I'm probably going to sit back and enjoy this one uh, and not, not be betting any money lines maybe some props like barcelos ko or something like that so uh the pick is going to be barcelos to win this one i'll go by decision but in terms of betting i'm going to pass on both sides in this one the next fight takes place in the flyweight division we have alexandre pantoja who is 21 and 4 taking on matt schnell who is 14 and 4 the opening betting line for this one was pantoja minus 160 schnell plus 130 Right now, we are seeing Pantoja minus 210, Schnell plus 175. So, more action coming in on the favorite Pantoja in this one. And I agree with the line movement in this one. And another incredible, incredible fight. I mean, Nurmagomedov and Barcelos and Schnell, Pantoja back-to-back -back are two of some of the best prelim fights you'll ever see in the UFC. I mean, these guys are so high-level. Uh, Schnell and Pantoja, I, I honestly think they're probably two of the most skilled guys on the card, top to bottom. And... 
it's a tough fight to predict, but I think that I, I, I'm i pretty confident in, in Pantoja in this one. And I, I was really high on Schnell in his past two fights. I mean, he really impressed me versus Smolka and versus Espinosa. I mean, the, the subs that he showed off of his back in, the, in those fights and the his technique and his boxing is he's got real fast hands good t- uh, technique in his boxing i don't really like his defense too much in in the striking but his offense is really good but the the main factor about this fight was is that chanel likes going to his back he likes trying submissions uh he was able to to you know go guillotine and get eventually transition it to a triangle and finish uh smoker and espinosa that way but those guys are not the high level grapplers that pantoja are pantoja will do what uh Tim Elliott did to him, and what Tim, when Tim Elliott and Matt Schnell fought, Schnell was diving on guillotines to stop takedowns, and he would go on his back for a little bit. Elliott would survive the submission, pass the guard, and then he would be on top. And eventually, Elliott uh, tapped out Schnell with like a modified guillotine in round one of that fight. So, I'd see Schnell's willingness to go to his back in this fight being the thing that loses him this fight. I mean, Pantosha is just a much higher level grappler. Will likely avoid that submission and pass and get on top and probably do damage keep top position and maybe even submit schnell uh from top position so and pantosha's back takes are really good so you got to be real careful with his back takes he, he can lock you down for a really long amount of time and it's really hard to get out of there um so and on the feet in this one i think it's 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 a close matchup i mean it's Schnell, I mentioned he doesn't have the best uh, defensive boxing. I think he kind of leaves his chin a little bit out there too much. And I think he's riding a, a real high streak of confidence coming into this fight. He finished two fights in a row, looking better than ever. And I think there's a chance he gets a little overzealous here and Pantoja sets him back a little bit, showing that he's not quite at the very top level of the flyweight division yet, where I think Pantoja is really knocking on the door at. Uh, I really thought he would get it done versus Figueroa, but I mean, he uh, came up short in that fight ran into a brick wall and still didn't really look that bad in that that loss to Figueredo so uh in the striking I think that it, it should be close but I honestly think that Pantoja has a good chance at landing the better harder punches on the feet as well and on the ground I pretty heavily favor Pantoja to be the one in top position so at the current price, I'm not rushing to bet Pantoja minus 210. I do think that Schnell could keep riding that that high of improving and could maybe pull off another upset victory here versus Pantoja. But I'm leaning with uh, Pan- Pan- Pantoja to get this one done. I'm going to go with uh, a decision. I don't think this one will end by finish. I think we'll, we have a, a really fun, scrappy, flyweight fight. And uh, I think that Pantoja wins this one by the scorecards. The next fight takes place in the lightweight division. We have Omar Morales, who is 8-0, taking on Dung Hyung Ma, who is 16-10-3. The opening betting line for this one was Morales, the favorite at minus 152, Ma at plus 120. Right now, we are seeing Morales minus one. Tw- or excuse me, Morales minus 200 to Ma plus 170. So more action coming in on the favorite Morales' way. And this fight's a bit of a head-scratcher because... Morales has two fights available on the internet. I mean, I scoured the internet looking for footage of him. He only has about seven minutes of pro fight time footage on the internet. So you, you really have no idea how good this guy is. And the the biggest thing about those seven minutes is six of those minutes he took on Harvey Park. And you, you really can't tell much from that fight. I mean, Park looked terrible in that fight, was shooting bad takedowns, was getting outboxed. I mean... 
Morales did a good job avoiding the takedown, avoiding the clinch, landing some good calf kicks, and landing a few punches. But, I mean, I think Park really lost himself that fight. He just fought terribly and was limping on one leg from the calf kicks and got TKO'd right away. So, And the other fight of Morales' is he's getting a quick one-minute head kick knockout over in Bellator. So we really don't know how good Morales is. And... And he's taken on an opponent in Ma who is clearly de uh, declining as a fighter. He had some crazy wars a few years back and picked up some decent victories, but I think he's on like a three or four fight losing streak right now. And th those fights, he's just taken a ton, a ton of damage. I mean, the the Holtzman fight, he, he did end up fighting back for a little bit of that, uh, a little bit in the second round. I mean, he got butchered and dropped in round one versus Holtzman, but he was able to recover and start swinging for the fences and trading with Holtzman a little bit in round two. I mean, the guy's tough. There's no question in that. And I think that this is actually a kind of a winnable matchup for, for Ma. And I mean, it really comes down to his game plan because Ma is pretty comfortable brawling. I mean, that's how where most of his fights have taken place. So if he comes out here on round one, and is content to brawl and to, to put it on Morales right away, I think that there's a great chance that Dung Hyung Ma wins this fight because of the two, uh, if they're brawling, I think I'll, I'll trust Ma a little bit more in a brawl. I think he's uh, more comfortable. He could probably take a better shot, and he, he knows uh, how to trade in the pocket. So, But if Dung Hyung Ma comes in here like the past two fights uh, versus um, Holtzman and uh, versus Smith, he, he's going to get picked apart again, likely. I mean, he just does not have the, the technique in his striking to hang with other other good fighters. I mean, they always seem to pick him apart. They land that power shot, they drop him, and then it's all, and then it turns into a brawl from there. So if Ma was smart, he would realize that he's having no success at, at distance with guys. He needs to get in that pocket right away and start trading. So if Ma does that, I honestly think that Ma could knock him out in round one, but you got to lean with the more likely scenario, and that's Ma comes out how he has the past few fights, tries to pick Morales apart, fails, and uh, Morales will likely start landing the harder shots and probably rock and knock out Ma at some point during this fight. So the pick is going to be Morales to get this one done by TKO, but I think the people betting Morales at minus 150 or higher are kind of a bit crazy because... There's just no footage of Morales. I mean, you're trusting such a small sample size of Morales. For, I mean, and you're kind of just fading Dung Hyung Ma in this spot, which, I mean, some people uh, are going to do that. Some people might cast their bets doing so, but long-term, that's not a good strategy. I think that the value is actually on the dog uh, Ma at plus 170 in this one. So the pick is going to be Morales by TKO, but it's dog or pass all day. The next fight takes place in the featherweight division where we have Suman Makutarian who is 8-1 taking on Sung Woo Choi who is 7-3. The opening betting line for this one was Choi the favorite at minus 160 to Mokutarian the plus 130 dog. Right now we are seeing minus 280 for Choi to plus 240 for Mokutarian. So much more action coming in on Su Wung Choi. So initially I thought this was Ashkan Mokutarian, the brother of Suman, who we were talking about earlier, who fought Benoit. And I thought that the odds were a little bit wide in that case, but it turns out it's actually his brother Suman, who after re-watching some of his fights on tape, he, Suman is actually worse than Ashkan. So 
This fight is pretty low level. Uh, Choi is 0-2 in the UFC so far. Got some pretty tough matchups, uh, getting outgrappled by Ivalev and really just outclassed uh, on the feet and on the ground by Gavin Tucker. Uh, but he's getting a much easier matchup here, and I think that the odds are maybe a bit wide. I think Choi should win. I just wouldn't go trusting him at that that steep of a price. I mean, Suman just really doesn't have a, a really good game at all. I mean, his striking is pretty... Uh, I'd say his striking might be his best thing going for him, even though most of his wins have come by submission. If you look at his record, I mean, most of his opponents are really bad. They have no wins, zero wins, zero losses, zero wins, three losses. I mean, the guy has a joke of a record. And when he has fought two good fighters like Ricky Steele and Sadiq Youssef, he got dominated by both of them. So, I mean, I rate Mokotarian extremely low, and I, I don't think Choi is really great either, but I think he's the more dangerous striker. He's got that long frame, Muay Thai background. I think he could be the one landing the harder strikes in the feet, and I think that Choi's takedown defense and uh, get up should be good enough to avoid getting taken down and uh, tapped out by Mokotarian here, but... With Choi getting taken down multiple times and outgrappled by both of his opponents so far, I would not be rushing to, to bet Choi or throw Choi in parlays or anything. I think this is a pass, uh, not even a dog a pass, just total pass in this in this fight. Maybe just bet some uh, Choi inside the distance props or something like that. So the pick is going to be Choi to get it done by decision. The next fight takes place in the heavyweight division. The last fight on the prelims, we have Cyril Gain, who is 5-0, taking on Tanner Bosser, who is 17-5-1. The opening betting line for this one was Gain, the favorite, at minus 280 to Bosser, plus 220. Right now, we are seeing Gain minus 650 to Bosser, plus 475. So, a ton of action coming in on Cyril Gain. And I'm going to disagree with the line movement here. I think that where the initial line was set was actually much more accurate. And I, I might be one of the few people out there who, who is... Uh, putting this take out there this fight but I, I honestly think that the, the odds are so wide in this fight and i actually like tanner boster's chances of winning the fight despite his his um his implied probability currently says that his chances are 17.4 percent but I mean, I, I highly disagree with that. I mean, if you look at the experience between the two, I mean, you don't want to do too much wiki capping, but Cyril gained five fights, Tanner Bosser's 23, okay? Well, now, Gain does come from a, a Muay Thai background and does have some amateur Muay Thai experience, but I mean, if we're looking at just their MMA experience alone, I mean, Bosser has been in there with better guys. He's fought and beaten better guys. He's won decisions against tough, dangerous guys before. I mean, he's lost his fair share of fights too, but I mean, he was fighting over in, in Russia, over on the Akhmat fight show and the ACB promotions. He's fighting really high-level guys. Meanwhile, Cyril Gain has not really fought anybody good yet. I mean, his his TK, the opponents over in TKO were, were decent, I guess. And then in the UFC, he, he fought Pessoa and Mays, who are two uh, low-level guys on the roster. So... I just really haven't been over overly impressed with, with what he's done in the cage at all. I mean, sure, the quick finish over Pessoa is kind of impressive now that Pessoa looked a lot better his next fight. But the win over Mays, I mean, that that, that win means basically nothing to me. I mean, he did not look very good in that fight. I guess we it was good. We got to see his cardio in the third round, and he did get the submission in the third round with the heel hook. But that was a really weird outcome, a, a heel hook by Gain in that fight. So, I mean, I agree with Gain being the favorite. He's an insane athlete. He's got really fast movements. He he is a you know an extremely powerful and quick guy. 
and that should give Bosser some problems. But I mean, I honestly favor Bosser to just out kickbox gain to to make gain miss. Gain's gonna be swinging big heavy shots, and he's gonna be missing. He's gonna get tired. And then Bosser's experience and his, his kickboxing advantage is gonna come in, and he has a good chance at outpointing Cyril Gain here. So uh, I gotta trust my gut in this one. When the fight was initially announced, before even seeing the odds, I thought that Bosser would give him a tough a tough go. And I could be overrating Bosser after that last fight. I mean, he did beat Daniel Spitz. After all, not a really good opponent at all. And didn't really look that great doing so. But I mean, I, I liked what I saw from him. He had good inside leg kicks. He had... Uh, it was throwing a lot of body kicks. He had good volume. He won all three rounds from Spitz. I mean, that's what you want to see. And I honestly think that the, the the skill differential between these guys is pretty big. And people are really relying on Gaines' athleticism and his power uh, to to be a minus six fifty favorite here. But that's just that's just not smart betting right there. So I think Tanner Bosser is certainly worth a one unit money line bet. And I think his decision line at plus twelve fifteen or whatever it was sitting at these past few days. I honestly think that that prop hit so uh i will be betting uh, a bosser money line i will be bo betting bosser by decision at plus 12 16 so uh the pick is going to be bosser by decision for me okay in the next fight moving moving on to the main card of the evening starting things off in the bantamweight division we have kyung ho kong who is 16 and 8 taking on ping yuan lu who is 15 and 5 so the opening betting line for this one was Kang, the favorite at minus 262, Lou plus 200. Right now we are seeing Kang minus 252, Lou plus 210. So the line is staying about the same. Uh, not too much action coming in on this line. I actually think that the line is a bit wide. I think that Kang is being a little bit over-respected here. And Lou is being a bit underrated. Under, uh, Lou coming off that knockout loss to Martinez that last fight. But before that, picked up some nice decision victories over Martin Day and Damian Stasiak. Although the Day fight was a bit close and kind of a, uh, an iffy decision. He still picked up the victory that night. Uh, I think that Lou has a good set of skills. He's got a good arsenal. I just don't, don't think he has the best fight IQ. And he doesn't really put things together that well in the cage. Like... He had a really good round one versus Martinez and kind of took off round two and then was losing round three and before getting knocked out with that brutal knee too. So I don't really think we've seen the best from uh, from Lou and, you know, Kang I think is kind of a notorious underperformer as well. I mean, this guy constantly gets in split decision fights. I mean, uh, I like the guy's skills. I mean, he's got some, some sweet boxing, he's got a nice jab, he can throw some good calf kicks, and he's got some really slick jiu-jitsu as well. And I mean, the dude is 5-1 and one in his past six fights, but I mean, three of those wins are... are or excuse me, two of those wins are by split decision. The loss is by split decision as well. So he just has a, a habit of getting in really close fights uh, and kind of fighting to the level of his opponents. You know, Brandon Davis, he, he almost lost that fight to Brandon Davis, but he was able to get some, some timely takedowns and, and stall from top position to win the, those close rounds. So I'm slightly sliding with, with, with Kang here, even though uh, I like the value on Lou because uh, what I saw from Lou, when he got he was taken down by State Jack a few times, he, um, he had some trouble getting up. He got stuck on his back for a few minutes. And I think that that is what made me think that Kang is going to win this fight because on the feet, I think it should be pretty even. Kang has the technique advantage while Lou has the power advantage. And it, it should be really even on the feet. Kang's a little more active, throws more punches than Lou but Lou's going to be landing those powerful shots on the feet. So it's really going to be um, close rounds, and they could go either way. But I think what's going to sway the fight is going to be Kang's 
ground game. He can hit offensive takedowns. He can keep top position. He's got good back takes and good threatens of submissions. So I think that that will be the deciding factor here. I just didn't like how Lou got stuck on his back, got taken down by Stachiak. And I think that when the rounds are close, when the first three or four minutes are close and the round could be going either way, Kang's going to be shooting those takedowns to ice the rounds and likely uh, stealing two out of three rounds for the decision. But for a guy like Kang who's constantly going to split decisions and uh, a really skilled guy like Lou, um, this is going to be a dog or pass fight, and the, the odds on plus 210 on Lou are honestly not bad. Um, so uh, the pick is going to be Kang by decision. The next fight takes place in the middleweight division. We have Jun Young Park, who is 10-4, taking on Marc-Andre Bayut, who is 11-3. The opening betting line for this one was Bayut, the favorite at minus 130, Park plus 100, Right now, we are seeing Bayut minus 125 to Park plus 105. So, two-way action coming in on this fight. The early action uh, came in on uh, Park, but now that late action has come back in on Bayut. And I think the late action is, is a little more justified. I mean, Bayut has had a pretty rough start to his UFC career so far, dropping two decisions to Sanchez and to Jocko. But... I still think he he hasn't really shown his the best of his abilities in the UFC so far. Park also had a bit of a rough start to his UFC career. Was uh, outboxing An- uh, Anthony Hernandez last fight. Actually had Hernandez rocked in round two, but just could not stop the takedowns. Got taken down a few times in round two and eventually tapped out with a rear naked choke. So Ji Young Park has got some nice boxing. Uh, his, his takedown defense is just really bad, though. It just seems like he cannot stop a takedown to save his life. I was on Hernandez in that fight. It was looking a little bit rough, but the read was there. Park can't stop the takedowns. He fought Glenn, Glenn Sparv a few years back. Had Sparv rocked multiple times, but still could not stop the takedowns. So it seems like Park's wrestling is just a huge, huge liability for him. And it's kind of hard to pick Park when there's such a big liability, such a gaping hole in his game uh, right there for anyone to, to see. So Bayou had some good coaches behind him, was taping this fight. He's going to see Park's takedown defense sucks, and he's going to uh, attempt some takedowns. He has hit some offensive takedowns in, in his career, maybe in his TKO career. Um, and even on the feet, I think Bayut's striking is good enough to, to compete with Park. I mean, I think that uh, he's got some he's got some power in his hands and uh he has fought a lot of uh, a lot of bigger dudes in his career. He fought in heavyweight, and I think he, he will be able to avoid the, 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 the power punches of Park and probably uh, make this striking pretty even and then use his uh, his wrestling ability to, to, to really sway these rounds. So not the most confident pick, uh, as you could probably tell. I mean, it's kind of a lower-level fight. Their combined record in the UFC is 0-3, so it's really hard to, to, to cap who's going to win this fight. But I see a lot of people out there on Park, uh, Trustin Park, but I saw them on on Park versus Hernandez, too, and they were, they were wrong about that one. So I'm slightly siding with Bayut in this one. I've been pretty underwhelmed by his UFC career. I was really high on him in TKO, and now he came over to the UFC and just hasn't looked that great. But if if Bayut grapples here and hits takedowns, he should look like a, a minus three, minus four hundred favorite. But if it keeps keeps the fight on the feet, tries to strike, win a low output striking match like he did versus Jotko and Sanchez, he he probably loses here. So. Um, there's a win factory for uh, for Park. Stuff takedowns, stay on the feet, and outstrike Bayut. I just can't rely on him. Stuff takedowns, and I think that Bayut wins this one by decision. The next fight takes place in the light heavyweight division. We have Da Eun Jung, who is 12 and 2, taking on Mike Rodriguez, who is 10 and 4. The opening betting line for this one was 
Jung minus 400 to Rodriguez at plus 300. Yes, you are hearing that right. Jung minus 400, Rodriguez plus 300. That opened up at Bet Online, and no other book opened the line similar to that, but they were the first people to open the line, and that's what they set it at. Right now, it is Rodriguez minus 120, Jung plus 100. So the line went from uh, Park's chances or Jung's chances of being 80% to being 50%. So a that's a pretty much as big of a line movement you will ever see in an MMA fight and I don't really know what the odds maker was thinking who opened up uh, Jung minus 400 but uh, that that was wrong to say the least so I I actually like Rodriguez in this fight I mean he kind of ran into a, a tough test in John Allen's last fight uh, got taken down a few times stuck on his back got outstruck in that fight the real thing that swayed that fight for Allen versus Rodriguez was the grappling and the takedowns, and that's where Rodriguez has really struggled throughout his career, guys, who will take him down, push him against the cage, like Dev Clark or like John Allen. But when he's facing the kind of mid-tier strikers, uh, he, he usually de decimates them, honestly. I mean, he's got some really nice knockouts on his record, and I think that Jung kind of fits into that category, a guy who's not going to offensive wrestle, and a guy who's probably just going to give him the fight that he wants, and that's a striking battle, so... Jung uh, won everyone some nice cash versus uh, Ibrahimov a few months ago. Got hit with some early bombs in that fight, but was able to, to defend properly, avoid the power punches, start taking over in uh, late in round one, really. Kind of had an iffy round two. Even got taken down a few times by gassed out Ibrahimov, but eventually was able to catch the choke and win in round three. Uh, but... I think that this fight is is really favoring Rodriguez. It's it's a striking matchup, striker versus striker, and I think Rodriguez is the more powerful. He's got the more diverse offense for sure. I mean, the dude's got really good kicks, knees, and his straight punches are really powerful too, and he targets the body really well with with his punches, his kicks, and his knees and everything. I mean, that knockout of Adam Milstand is some really good body work uh, for MMA. So uh, I think that in the boxing realm of things, Jung uh, could give Rodriguez some problems, but I just have not seen enough uh, diverse offense from Jung. And even in the win over Ibrahimov, he looked kind of sloppy doing that. So I think that Rodriguez is getting a bit of an easier fight here. And honestly, at minus 120, I think that price is pretty good. So the pick is going to be Rodriguez to get this one done. I'm, I'm actually think he has a good chance at knocking a uh, jung out so uh rodriguez minus 120 very good price will probably end up on him myself uh as the days go on you can see on my final bets on my twitter page or on my bet mma page martian mma and uh, that's going to bring us on to the next fight in the featherweight division. We have Doohoo Choi, who is 14-3, taking on Charles Jourdain, who is 9-2. The opening betting line for this one was Choi, the favorite, at minus 280 to Jourdain, the plus 220 dog. Right now, we are seeing Choi minus 300 to Jourdain, plus 250. So, a little bit of action coming in on Choi in this one. Not much action at all, actually. I mean, it's a kind of a tough fight to pick because... Duhua Choi is coming off of that long layoff. He's coming off a two-year layoff. Last fight was versus uh, Jeremy Stevens two years ago in January of 2018. He lost that fight by knockout. And Jordan had a bit of a weird debut in the UFC. He was mostly a featherweight throughout his career. He's fought at lightweight a few times, but... They brought him in on short notice to take on Desmond Green in Desmond Green's hometown, and uh, it wasn't. It was up a weight class. It was short notice. It was a, a tough UFC veteran, and uh, Jordan lost that fight. But I mean, he didn't look bad at all. I mean, he had cardio to go the full three rounds. He his striking looked decent, and I mean, even on the his TKO fights, I was kind of impressed with his striking, and. 
nothing that'll blow you out of the water, but I mean, he can fight from both stances. He's got some good technique. He can uh, stuff a takedown. He can get off of his back. So uh, it's not going to be an easier fight for jo for Choi. And with Choi coming off that long layoff, I mean, I would not be laying minus 280, minus 300 on Choi at all. I would not be throwing him in parlays, nothing. I think that the, the value in this one is actually on Jordan. So I was pretty impressed with what I saw from Choi. I mean, you got you got to go back and rewatch his fights to remember what he's like. But I mean, the dude has good counter punching skills. He's got real power in his right hand. He's a tough motherfucker. You can take a shot. You saw that in the the Cub Swanson fight. He was nearly knocked out multiple times in that fight, but uh, was stayed tough and. Uh, made it to the decision he can throw some good leg kicks as well so i mean Choi's ground game is kind of untested and his striking has kind of revolved around that overhand right there uh, that right hand that has gotten him a few knockouts so i don't really think we really know uh the levels to Choi's game and the layers to his game i don't think we really know how good his ground game is and well, he did get taken down by Tiago Tavares. We do know that. He got taken down early by Ta Tavares. He he stayed calm. He got to the cage and he got his back up, uh, got back up to the cage for a little bit. He got taken down again and then got up again and then knocked Tavares out right away. So he got taken down a few times by Tavares, but stayed calm, got back up to his feet and won the fight. So he can get taken down. He can get back up. And he can still win. So, I mean, it's going to be a tough fight for Jordan. I think the best path of victory for Jordan would be to keep the fight standing. And would just try to give him a lot of different looks. You know, use his, his switching stances, uh, striking style, throw a lot of leg kicks. Um, just be constantly changing stances in, in combination. And just giving Choi a lot of different looks to look at. And with Choi coming off that long layoff, I mean, I don't think that he's going to be uh, super accurate right away. I think that we could see a close round one. We could see an entirely close fight where Jordan might even uh, squeak by the decision so i agree with Choi being the favorite i would cap him around minus 200 or so but minus 300 is pretty wide and i think there's some value on jordan but i'm gonna go with the uh, the Choi to win the decision uh it's gonna be hard to beat the korean superboy in korea and uh i'm gonna pick him to win by decision the next fight takes place in the light heavyweight division. We have Volkan Ozdemir, who is 16-4, taking on Alexander Rakic, who is 12-1. The opening betting line for this one was Rakic, the minus 145 favorite, to Ozdemir, plus 115. Right now, we are seeing Rakic, minus 145, Ozdemir, plus 125. So, two-way action coming in on this fight. Really close fight. And I'm really impressed by both of these guys. I mean, uh, I think that Ozdemir looked pretty improved in his last fight versus Latifi. I think his footwork looked a lot better. He was throwing a lot more diverse offense. His cardio looked better. He ended up finishing Latifi in the second round. Rakic coming off that crazy head kick knockout over Manawa. Just sent him into another dimension with that head kick. And just a 45-second knockout as well. So, I mean, Rakic has, has really impressed me. Uh, I mean, I don't think we've seen Rakic fight uh, high-level competition yet, and we really haven't seen him lose. So it's hard to really know the layers to his game. Uh, but he's an orthodox striker. He's got some crisp boxing. He can hit an offensive takedown and keep you in top position like he did versus Justin Ledette. He can throw heavy leg kicks. He's got fast head kicks like you saw versus Manoa. I mean, there's a lot to like about Rakic. Um, he did get taken down a few times by uh, Francisco Barroso. But the takedowns did not mean much in that fight. Rakic was the one outstriking him, landing the harder uh, strikes. And even though he was taken down a few times in that fight, I mean, I think he won every round. So, uh, 
getting over to to Ozdemir, I mean, he's really struggled with with the cardio. Is the biggest thing is his cardio seems to have like a ten minute drop off. Sometimes even sooner than that. I mean, the DC fight it seemed like it dropped off after like six minutes or something like that. So. Even though Cardio looked a little bit better versus Latifi in that two-round fight, you really never know how he's going to look in round three. And, I mean, he gassed out in round three versus Smith. Um, he was gassed out in round three versus Reyes. I mean, it's just it's just risky betting on Ozdemir because you don't know when that Cardio is going to drop off. He's going to be dangerous in those first uh, five, seven minutes of the fight, but you really never know after that. So this fight, I think it's a really close matchup. I think that Ozdemir could probably win round one. He usually comes out real fast and has most of his success in round one. But I think we see that cardio drop off as usual. And I think that we see the technique of Raychik start to take over late. I think we see Raychik possibly hit some offensive takedowns and keep a top position like he did versus Justin Ledette. And, I mean, Rikic's size and his, his quickness, his power is going to be hard to deal with. So even in round one, Ozdemir could struggle. And we could see Rikic, you know, assert his dominance from round one. I mean, Rikic seems like a blue chip prospect as well. I've seen a lot of people out there be skeptical of him. And I, I don't see it, honestly. I mean, I'm really high on this guy right now. I think that I think that he probably beats Ozdemir by decision. Maybe even getting that knockout in round three or something like that. And I mean, he's going to be a problem. I don't see I see him being a problem for Anderson, for for Walker, for Blahovich, possibly even for John Jones as well. So uh, I'm pretty high on Rikic right now. And I, I really liked what I saw from Ozdemir last fight, too. I mean, I, I'm not I'm giving respect to Ozdemir where, where it's due so really close fight great co-main event in this one I'm going to slightly lean with Ray Kitch's way I'm not not really rushing to bet that money line honestly I think that the the money line value is probably on Ozdemir because if my theory is right about Ozdemir winning round one you could potentially get plus money on both sides if you plus uh you bet Ozdemir plus money before the fight Ozmir wins round one, you live bet Rakich plus money, and you, you uh, basically make guaranteed profit. So that would be my suggestion for the for the fight, and the pick is going to be Rakich to win a decision. And in the, in the main event of the evening, in the featherweight division, we have Chan Sung Jung, who is 15-5, taking on Frankie Edgar, who is 23-7-1. The opening betting line for this one was Jung, the favorite, at minus 175 to Edgar plus 150. Jung is now minus 170 to Edgar plus 150. So not too much action, uh, you know, not too much line movement coming into this one. I'm sure there's two-way action coming in on both sides. And the first thing I will mention about this fight is that it is a short-notice fight for Frankie Edgar. Brian Ortega tore his ACL or something like that or hurt his knee uh, a few weeks ago, and Edgar is coming in on short notice. Now, Edgar was supposed to fight Corey Sanhagen at 135 pounds in Raleigh, North Carolina in about, I think, three or four weeks. Now he's fighting Chansung Jung at 145 in Korea three or four weeks before his original fight time. So that's a big, big factor for Edgar. I mean, he he was probably planning on... uh, you know, starting his new career at 35, taking a short flight down to Raleigh, North Carolina. And uh, he had three or four weeks to prepare for the fight more. Instead, he's got to fly all the way around to Korea. He's got to go back up to his weight class at 145, where he's kind of been struggling lately. And he's got to take on a really good fighter in Chan Sung Jung. And I mean, all those factors alone is enough to pick Jung for me. And when you get down to the the matchup of how the fight goes, I think that favors Jung even more. I mean, Edgar's takedown 
has have seemed to really really decline. I mean, it it showed in the Cub Swanson fight really evidently. I mean, this was at a at a point in time where Edgar had fought Cub Swanson before, and he took him down what five times or something like that in 2014. Let's check the stats out. Yeah, he took down he took down Cub Swanson seven times, and passed his guard 16 times in that fight in that five round fight back then. So, and then they fight again in 2017, and Frankie Edgar goes 0 for 8 on takedown attempts versus Cub Swanson. So. And then even in the fight versus Max Holloway, he was shooting takedowns a lot. He went one for 15 in takedown defense versus Max Holloway. So, I mean, Edgar's wrestling is clearly declining. His athleticism is just not there anymore. Uh, even his boxing, I think, is getting a, a little worse. I mean, he just, the athleticism is the biggest thing. I mean, he just does not have the physicality to compete with the guys at 145, at the highest level of 145 anymore. And I mean, I think this matchup's kind of a blessing for him. I mean, if he would have gone down to fight Sandhagen, I think it would have been real bad. I mean, he would have cut the extra weight. He would have probably gotten butchered by Sandhagen. I mean, I guess this is a little bit more of a winnable fight for for Frankie Edgar here. But even even though Chan Sung Jung, I think he, I think he has got a lot of advantages in this fight. I mean, the boxing heavily goes to Jung. I mean, I was really impressed with Jung's straight punches. And, I mean, you got to be impressed with that overhand right. He knocked out uh, Moise Kano with a few months back as well. So I think that Jung is, uh, I mean, besides that one little hiccup where he got that elbow at the end of the fight versus Yair, I mean, I think he's looked really, really good lately. I think that Jung's takedown defense is, is good enough to avoid the takedown of Edgar. He's got good scrambling and jujitsu ability as well. So I think if Edgar is shooting on Jung, I think his neck's going to be in danger. You know, Jung has Dar's victories, Anaconda victories, Twister victories. I mean, he's a really good jujitsu practitioner. So I think that this fight is a dangerous fight for Edgar. I think that the takedowns will be easily stuffed, and Jung could even be the one getting top position and threatening submissions on the ground. And on the feet, I think that Jung's reach and his technique in the boxing will be the deciding factor. Uh, I, I pretty heavily favor Jung in this one. I bet him for three units at minus 165 uh, a few weeks ago. And we'll probably keep it at that. No, no need to add any more, but I like that price I got on him. And uh, sadly, I think the Frankie Edgar is in for a, a tough night on Saturday morning. I could be dead wrong about this one. We could see Frankie Edgar turn back the clock and put together another great performance. But, I mean, I think the last really good performance he put together was versus um, Yair uh, a little over two years ago. So it's going to be it's gonna be a tough night for Edgar. And, I, I honestly, at this price, I don't think it's a good price at, at all for Edgar to come in here and put on a great performance. So the pick is going to be Jung to get this one done by decision, possibly even a late finish. And that's going to be that's going to be all for the podcast this week. Um, so this is the official last card of the 2019 calendar year. So just want to thank each and every person who listened to one episode. You could have listened to one. You could have listened to everyone. I appreciate you the same. Uh, anyone who wants to give me feedback, criticisms, you can get in touch with me on Twitter, on Reddit, wherever you you see me posting the podcast. Uh, feel free to reach out. And uh, once again, just thanks for everyone for listening. It's been a pleasure. And I will see you all in 2020 to break down another 40 UFC cards. Peace. Peace.